Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched Season 1, Episode 13, What Happened to Frederick? As always, we'll start with a brief synopsis. In Storybrooke, when Catherine gets into law school and asks David to move to Boston with her for a fresh start, David and Mary Margaret decide it's time to tell her the truth about their relationship. Instead, David lies to Catherine. When she finds out, she confronts Mary Margaret, who's heartbroken to find that David lied to her as well, and ends their relationship. Meanwhile, Catherine attempts to leave town, and Regina interferes to prevent David and Mary Margaret from being together. In the Enchanted Forest, Charming, on the run from King George, is intercepted by Abigail, who enlists his help. He defeats a siren and secures the magical water needed to free Catherine's true love. Despite believing that she doesn't love him, he sets off to find snow. Roger, what do you think of this episode? I love me some David and Mary Margaret focused episodes. Not a top five episode, not the best episode of the series, but a a meaningful episode, I'll say. So it was a good episode. I liked that finally the consequences of their behavior came back to bite them in the ass. What about you? Uh, Same. David is killing me at this point. Like, he just keeps making really bad choices. Like, obviously, Mary Margaret and David are making a choice to cheat. But, like, I feel like she keeps trying to be like, we need to do the right thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just, like, doesn't do that. Uh, Thank goodness Charming is in this episode because, like, he's great. He does cool stuff. He, like, sticks with his convictions and, like, is going to go after the girl and David just keeps making wrong choices over and over again. Prince Charming is a strong man. David Nolan is a weak man. Yeah. He is truly cursed to be his worst self. In fact, when I was watching this, I was like, I would have loved to have seen Dark David. A, a true half season of just David at his worst. Like, not just this. Because this is like, he's bad, but he's not like maliciously bad. He's just weak. Yeah. I want to see evil David. Like, really just a bad person. Because... He's got some darkness in his heart, clearly, because he is not charming yet. Like, he is not the strong, overconfident, always-do-the-right-thing man. Why does he keep avoiding just leaving his wife? She gives him so many opportunities to do the right thing. I want to move to Boston. Oh, hey, you know what? Great opportunity. It's not really working out between us. Good luck in law school. I'm going to stay here and figure out my life. I've been in a coma and we had issues before. Everybody's happy. I know. I don't... I just don't understand why he can't... Like, he seems terrified of, like, hurting Catherine. Like, he even says that to Snow at one point. Like, he was like, I just didn't want anyone to get hurt. And Snow says, well, now everyone is hurt. Well, and also, the best way to avoid her getting hurt is to take the opening she was giving you. She was fine with him. She was like, hey, I thought I was pregnant and I was terrified. She's clearly telling you, this isn't working. And he's lying to both of them. Like, why is he unnecessarily lying to Catherine? He keeps hurting Mary Margaret. He keeps hurting Catherine. He's failing. He's really failing. He is not the Prince Charming of um, classic fairy tales because that Prince Charming would have figured it out. Yes. And even in this episode, Catherine says, tell me the truth. And he still doesn't. The one thing I will say is that what I've always loved about Snow and Charming is that they seemingly are always on the same page. David and Mary Margaret are on opposite ends of the book. They're not on the same page at all. Even like you said, we agreed on this, but you decided to change the plan. It's very not snow and not charming. I mean, it it feels like a curse. It's it's really bad. David Nolan is awful. <laughs> if you watch this episode as like the first episode you watched it once upon a time, David Nolan might be your worst character you've ever seen. He's awful. 
Well, and this episode feels very much like a that it, it gives it that soapy uh, quality. Like there's like a love triangle going on here. He just keeps making choices that don't make any sense. We later learn why that's occurring, but like. He doesn't feel like a character you want to root for, though. No! <laughs> he feels like But he... Charming does! I know, that's the weird part. Like, Charming <laughs> is like, oh man, he's such a good dude. And then David is such a not good dude. Do we want to talk about how Charming's such a good dude in this let's, episode? Let's talk about a couple things with Charming. How is he such a good horseman? How is he so good at everything? He's so, an Avenger. He's, he's an Avenger, that's right. I wrote that David is like, he like joins your D&D group like later on. And then just is, like, way better than everybody else. Like, he has no experience, but for some reason, he's, like, level 20. Because he, like... It, it, they made it sound like many people have gone to Lake Mastos to deal with there this was a, There's um, dead bodies all over the bottom of the lake. And David succeeds. Like... It, it reminded me of the Hansel and Gretel episode, where all those kids kept failing, and then Gretel's like, Oh, it's right, I got a plan. And David's like, It's fine, I have a plan. I figured it out. The knife drop. Was that intentional? Was he setting that up, or was that just a happenstance because he, he dro- drops the sword when he drops the well it's a little tiny dagger um when he's making out with the siren essentially and he drops it oh no that's no he, he's holding his sword and that's uh-huh. what he drops the thing that he finds at the bottom of the lake is a tiny dagger that belonged to someone else oh so he got lucky he got very that was lucky. not like a ahead of time like yeah. play. he I was see. he definitely like briefly fell for the issue like interesting okay i mean he was really struggling not to not to and he knew it wasn't real and he like doesn't he, he eventually like is like no but in that moment when he drops the sword like he has he has been overcome by the siren i mean it makes sense he even mentions that like he's kind of okay with dying here yeah i mean the, he's basically on either he hopes to succeed and Catherine will or sorry abigail will get her true love back or he'll he'll fail and he'll get what he wants which is to not be in misery anymore yeah it's the first time you really hear him just be like i don't really either i'm gonna win in this works or i'm gonna lose i'm gonna die but he's also weirdly overconfident that he can defeat this siren that has killed numerous amount of people. Yep. Um, I mean, he, he, like, bravely volunteers. Abigail's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, don't you want to know what you're volunteering for? Um, and then when she tries to get him to, like, leave an offering, uh, he's like, nah. Which I think is partially, like, he's overconfident. And, too, I, David doesn't believe in, like, luck or, like, um, fate. Yeah, I don't like a higher power. Like I don't think that he. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he believes that that. An will offering is a waste of time. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, the one thing I noticed that was stood out is that he's weirdly aggressive with Abigail. Like, tell me what you know. Why aren't you telling me? Like, he grabs her, and even her knight goes to step in, and she well holds him off. Yes, he is aggressive with her, but he's running away from knights, yeah. and then some other knights capture him and tie him up. Like, of course, he's like, what the hell's going well, sure, on? sure, but then they free him, and she tells him the story and says, here's your provisions, be gone, and then she's like, no, you're lying to me. It's like, maybe don't look a gift horse in the mouth, and they just get yeah. <sighs> I mean, it wasn't, if she, that would have happened early, that would have made sense. But like after she very make, makes it very clear that she was here to help him, then she's like, no, tell me what you're keeping from me. Also, like, next level plotting from Abigail. Like, she somehow found out that he's in love with Snow White by, like, her her little birds all throughout the court. Her whispers. And then King George's men are just completely inept at catching Charming. But her men catch him no problem. Like, completely off guard. They're just like, hey, what's up? They take advantage of the situation of him hiding behind yeah. a horse. Which was ridiculous on its own. And then, yeah, they, he did not check his six. Which doesn't Snow catch him off guard that way, too? He lets his guard down a couple times in uh, Snowfalls, I think, or 
when they meet. Uh-huh. And she hits him, I think, with a rock. Yep, yep. Yeah, so he is, even though he's a tactical genius at times, he's also prone to just silly mistakes. It's true. It's true he is. Um, and we finally find out what happened to Frederick, which, as you mentioned, was dropped. Yeah. Previously. Uh, I I kind of love when he's like, examining the statue and he's like it's so lifelike and the detail like, is unreal so lifelike she's like no that is frederick <laughs> it's not a statue and correct me if i'm wrong what happens is that he realized there was an ambush went to protect the king and then because he touched him he turned to gold yes in what scenario so he must have been like diving in front of him and they picked the statue up after they stopped it and placed him there as like a memoriam i'm assuming yeah or it could have been like even just, like, he stepped in front of the king and, like, reached back, kind of like, I got this, and, like, touched him. Because, yeah. I mean, Midas wears the, maybe that's when he, he started does. to wear the gauntlets. Maybe. When he realized that the curse could touch people. Could be. I feel like that can't have been the first person Midas would have touched to learn that. Yeah, you'd think. I mean. You'd think. So that was just bad luck there, Frederick. And honestly, good on him to, set, to save the king. Like, that's it's pretty uh, noble. Also, Frederick is also, like, super chill when he wakes up. Like, at first he's like, what's going on? And then Abigail's like, oh, you've been asleep. And he's like, oh, okay. And then, like, Abigail and Charming are, like, kind of having a moment. I mean, they're not, like, kissing or yeah. anything. But they're, like, holding hands and, like, having a conversation. And Fred's just like, whatever you need. Just whatever you need. I'm totally fine. I haven't been encased in gold for how long? Years. Well, it's logical that... Time might have just frozen for him. I guess that's true. So he could have went for He probably thinks there's an ambush coming. Where's the king? <laughs> what the hell's going on? But he is... Um, the title of this is What Happened to Frederick. And my first question is, what the hell happened to Frederick in this episode? <laughs> he talks twice, I feel like. Two lines in the Enchanted Forest. A quick, hey, watch where the hell you're going in Storybrooke. And yeah. I guess at the end we see him one last time. But he's a very much a um, backstory in his own story. Whereas like... Bell was definitely the feature of the previous episode. Yeah. He is not a main character. Do we do we see Frederick? Again? I don't think we ever see Frederick again. I actually. don't believe we do, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see more. But we, we we will see Catherine in the future, like in this season, but also in the future, but yeah. not often. Um, yeah, the Enchanted Forest storyline here is a little. Um, we also loop back to what we had seen previously with Charming encountering Red in the woods so we saw that in a previous episode and that we now learn that what occur- what occurs in this episode happens right before that so at one point george says bring me his head so at this point he's no longer interested in the union he just to wants, kill him. wants to kill him in revenge so now um charming has king george trying to kill him and snow has regina trying to kill her there are two separate kingdoms trying to kill this couple this is the worst game of risk these two are ever playing in their life like they're they're fighting a war on two fronts. They're just going to be on the run for the rest of forever. Luckily, everything is only about a day's ride. Otherwise, it's they'd true. Be in everything is only a day's ride. Kingdoms are very small. Uh, kingdoms are. I want to talk about uh, Abigail Catherine. Yeah. A little bit. So she deduces very astutely that David is not in love with her and that he's in love with Snow White. Which I don't think she had really seen anything to know this. So it's a whisper thing. Like yeah, she had I heard think this. she heard it. Um, she drops the line. How charming! Which is great. <laughs> And then, for the most part, is okay with helping him and just being gone, which kind of explains her um, initial reluctance at the beginning when we first met her. Like, oh, that'll do. She didn't really care because he was just a random dude, you know, there, and she was mostly got her own plan. 
But it ends up working out for her quite well. I mean, he gets her her true love back. It's true. I mean, when we first meet Abigail, she's not nice. Like, she just seems really bratty. Um, yeah. And there's, like, not really any explanation for it. And it turns out the explanation is uh, her her true love is not dead, but trapped forever, ever. And her father is going to make her marry someone against her will. Uh, so no wonder she was a little surly. My curiosity on this is, like, what I would have loved to have seen Midas in this scenario because, like, even a confrontation between Midas and George would have been interesting. Like, well, Frederick's back. I don't need your son anymore. That would have been much more logical for then George to go into a rage because now he doesn't get the gold. Like, Which is maybe what happens. Sure. We don't see it, but yeah. that's what I'm assuming is happening, is that Midas actually does care about his daughter and says, no, I'd rather her marry her true love. Mm-hmm. Frederick was always supposed to be the prince. Sorry, you know, your son did what I needed him to do, so great. But, yeah, so no more gold. Well, and presumably, to be worthy of his daughter, Frederick must be a prince from another kingdom that's less than a day's ride away. Obviously. Of course. Of course. Now, Abigail gets everything she wants. However... Her storybook counterpoint, uh, Catherine, rough. This is a rough episode for her. I actually don't fully agree. I oh. I, I think, um, like, yeah, obviously, like, she... <laughs> everyone lies to her throughout this episode. And, ha- and has been lying to her. And has been lying to her, and she's really upset about that. But I actually think, like, at the towards the end of the episode, she she like she wants to go to Boston, mm-hmm. and I think she feels pretty good about the fact mm-hmm. that like she's gonna do that. She's gonna get a fresh start. She doesn't have to keep struggling to like be in love with this person that she like doesn't even remember why they're together. Um, I, I I I think she reaches a pretty good place. We're gonna learn that like some not good shit is gonna happen to Catherine. Well, after some this. not good stuff has already happened to Catherine <laughs> yeah. by the end of this episode. I think why I said that was. Um, her husband has been lying to her, having an affair behind her back. That sucks. Her one friend that she thought was there knew about it, didn't tell her, and basically waited to tell her at this random time after she's already been left. So her friend has been lying to her. She feels like her entire marriage is an illusion, I think is a direct quote. She then, one of the better tongue lashings that we see in the show, she rips Mary Margaret a new one and is completely in the right. Oh, Uh, yeah. Totally. Catherine does not slaps her, like slaps the taste out of her mouth, rips her apart, calls her basically a tramp in front of everyone. And Mary Margaret, I think, asks for like, can I have some privacy? And she's like, no, you don't get that courtesy from me. You especially don't when you publicly kiss the man you're, you're secretly having an affair with on the street. Yeah. I have one question. Why does this woman continually suffer? She did nothing wrong to anyone. Yeah, it's, uh, well, Regina is the the answer to that. I know, but she did nothing to Regina. I know, Regina doesn't care about that. Well, it, it's, I think it's hilarious. At one point, um, Catherine says to Regina, I know you'd never do anything to hurt me. Which, like, obviously she, like, cursed her and sent her to another realm. Uh, but also, like, She's now plotting some shit to hurt you. Like, Regina burned those letters at the end. Like, she clearly has a plan. Like, we don't know what it is yet, but, like, and Catherine is now missing. The face when Catherine reveals what she had written in the letter, and I feel like Regina goes from kind of annoyed to, all right, now I'm going to do <laughs> We're something. We're not friends now. We're not friends now. Like, you see the evil just wash over her face. She almost looks the way she looks at Mary Margaret. Yeah. Contempt. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I appreciate is that she comes to the same conclusion that we've said. Look at the way these two look at each other. No one's ever looked at me like that. Those two do need to be together. And she even says it sarcastically to Mary Margaret. You two deserve each other. That's out of disgust. 
when she says it later to Regina, she's like, no, those two really do belong to you. Like, I want someone to look at me the way Snow and Charming look at one another, which is, I think, where you said she got to a good point. Yeah, well, and she, I mean, she also says, like, she realizes that she's never been in love. Like, she wants, she wants to find that. She wants sparks. She wants yeah. fireworks to go off when she looks at the person. Also, she applied to law school outside of this curse and got in. Apparently, Regina's curse is very thorough. Catherine must have... You know, a college degree and... Uh, Knows the law, obviously, because she was able... You have to probably do some tests, don't you, to get you in? You have to take the LSAT to get into law school. So presumably she passes that with flying colors. It's not... It's actually not a test of your knowledge of law. It's more a test of your ability to use uh, analysis and logic. Okay. okay. So maybe, as we know, Catherine deduced yeah, yeah. some things. She's pretty smart. But she, for some reason, didn't know that uh, David and Mary Margaret were having an affair, even though they randomly kiss each other on the street regularly. <laughs> so I think I said this in the previous episode. I think she's always seen it and chose to try to ignore it. Because like yeah. even she walks up on them in the hospital episode where he wanders it's off true. with them. And she's like, huh, that's kind of weird. It's true. I also, it, you're right about Regina. Like, when, when Catherine first comes to her and she's upset, Regina is, like, genuinely upset that her friend is upset. And she's also upset that, like, she wants Catherine and David to keep making each other miserable because, like, that's ultimately what she wants. But I, you're totally right. Like, as soon as, as soon as Catherine's like, I told them they should be together, she just, she's like, oh, we're done now. We're done here. You're now a pawn to be used. Well, and not only, obviously, she's plotting something, but Catherine also straight up tells her that she's going to leave town, which... Even if Regina wasn't plotting something, she knows that that's not possible, and like something bad is going to happen to Catherine when she tries to leave town. Something she very doesn't bad. Care. Nope, not at all. Doesn't even warn her. Like no. if she was a true friend, she'd be like, "Hey, don't try to leave town. This isn't going to work." One. Now, granted, that might get into some thorny conversations, but yeah, bad, 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 bad. Um, let's talk about Regina for a little bit. Okay. This is an interesting episode in that Regina is trying to both. Continue to gaslight Catherine, which Catherine sees right through. Um, then gets very disgusted with Catherine at the end. I think the phrase she uses, I'm sorry, you did what? And then just disgust and contempt at that point. And then she tries to buy off Henry. She's the first parent in the history of anything to replace their kid's book with a video game. How do I get the evil queen to be my mom? Because <laughs> that's not what my mom would have done. <laughs> yeah, um, the buying off Henry thing is, like, pretty low. She just, like, uh... I don't know why she thinks that that will work. Like, he he clearly, I mean, he, he's grateful to have the game. He likes the game. Yeah. But he, he clearly is like, yeah, whatever, Mom. Like, I still think you're the evil queen. And I want to talk to Emma. Like, mm -hmm. he, I think he says that. And she just disregards I think Catherine kind of saves her. We, we get one very important piece of information about Regina. She admits to Catherine that she had been in love before. Mm -hmm. Which, at that point, we knew that something bad had happened to her that Snow had been the cause of. But we didn't know what. And now we know that she has been in love before. And also, we know that those skeleton keys apparently are master key to literally everything. Yeah, in the, she can in go town. into David and Catherine's house, apparently. 100%. Um, and she knew exactly which key to use on those very creepy keychain. Like, they all have literal skeletons. Literal skeletons. I wouldn't be surprised if they're made from the bones of children. The children that she sent to go get the apple yeah, that weren't totally, able to do it. Totally those children. I believe it. Other than that, she's kind of in the back. She's actually very Mr. Goldish in this episode. She's kind of in the background manipulating mm -hmm. things, but she isn't front and center. Yeah, she's definitely, definitely not front and center. I also, she, I love how she calls Mary Margaret a homewrecker. Like, what a word, Regina. 
I mean, it is the most appropriate word you're going to be able People to use People just this don't in there. say that word anymore. Really? No. It's such a good word. And it's an applicable word. It is an applicable word in this situation. Can we talk about Emma real quick in the B-plot? There's actually two B-plots in this in this episode. What's the other B-plot? Uh, August yeah. and the book. I was tying those all as one okay. B-plot, but that's fair. Yeah, I said Emma, August, and Henry would have B-plot. Mm-hmm. I'm not your mother. Good line. <laughs> and then she comes back with, well, Courtney Henry, I'm your mother. <laughs> that was a great line. Great line. That. The I don't like the dynamic between her and August. It's weird to me. It, something about it never clicked. Um, yeah, I mean, I love how he says his name is August W. Booth, like a serial killer. Um, like the guy who shot Lincoln? Yeah. <laughs> All serial killers have three names, don't, don't you know? Um, I, I don't know. I think that... I'm not sure why you don't. I, I'm, I I don't have an issue with it. I think that the I think part of the problem, like looking backwards, like we know some stuff about him. Yeah. And his motives seem really unclear, which is maybe what you're picking up on. It wasn't just that. Like I think my ultimate problem, and I am looking backwards, is that all three of the important men of her life, of the four, I should say, all are like the exact same template. Mm. Dark black leather jacket, square jaw, dark head, stubbled men. And they all, this just feels like, hey, I want Graham. We have Graham at home. Here's August. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I do, I, I don't know. I think he's, I think he's clever. Like, I love when he, like, goes through the whole, like, thing about the history of the well. And she's like, how on earth do you know this? And he's like, I read the plaque. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like that. I, I, I think he, I like his interactions with other people more. I don't like his interactions with Emma because I don't, I feel like his cleverness doesn't come across as clever enough because Emma's mm-hmm. just kind of in the dark. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like he's toying with her. Like, I didn't like the interaction at the diner where he was just overly dramatic for no reason. But that would have been him and like Rumple. Mm-hmm. Okay, totally fair. But yeah, I I don't I don't think they have good chemistry on screen together. I also um, when he takes her to the well um, and he talks about the plaque and what the well can do and how it can bring back something that you've lost. When the first time that I watched this, I thought that she might like wake up or like the curse might end when she drinks the water. Oh, um, interesting. Which is maybe what his intent was as well. Uh, Hmm. It didn't work. No, but. not at all. <laughs> yeah, so when I remember when I first watched this, I was unsure as to who he was. I thought he might have been Neil, but then I realized she would know what he looks like. So I had no idea who on earth he was at this point. I mean, we still don't know. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I hadn't. This is the first time we learned what his name is, and we see that he's manipulating the book. That's kind uh-huh. of the big thing that we he's see. Manipulating the book. He's adding pages, but he hasn't yeah revealed anything about us. My favorite moment involving him is actually when he does the um, motorcycle bit about I said a drink, I didn't say where. <laughs> And then she's like hesitant, logically, because strange man asking you to go on a motorcycle. And Granny's like, if you don't get on, I will. <laughs> that is, I love that so much. Great, great Perfect moment. Perfect Granny line. Yeah. No, it's uh, um, it's a good line. It's definitely like, you better just get on this motorcycle with this handsome, dark-haired, stubbly man. Exactly. Also, the book, I, I feel like another one of, we've been sort of tracking cracks that Emma sees in the town of Storybrooke. And when she gives the book to Henry, she, like, has kind of rationalized for herself how this book made its way back to her. Like, when she finds the book floating by her car, she's like, 
what the fuck? Yeah. And, and then she, like, tells Henry, like, oh, it must have fallen off the dump truck and, like, gotten lost in the storm and, like, washed up near my car. And even Henry... Made its way back to me is yeah. the exact phrase I think she used. And even Henry is like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> A kid who believes that this entire town is cursed thinks that that scenario is ridiculous. Yeah, because it is. Because it is. <laughs> um... I also really, I thought it was really sweet at the end of the episode when Mary Margaret is lying in bed and Emma asks her if she wants to talk about it or if she wants to be alone and then they just sort of like lay there together. It's so sad, but sweet. Mary Margaret is who I want to talk about yeah. next anyway. Um, I feel like we get a little bit of snow here where she says, David, you need to make a choice. I think we also get a lot of Mary Margaret when she's like, oh, I've been discreet. No one has no, noticed what we're doing. Discreet. You've not been discreet. And, and Emma's like, just list off like eight things that she's clearly done. And it's been <laughs> like, you're really bad at this. Yeah, she's... Uh, she definitely like wanted to do the right thing. And she was so crushed when David lied to her. Like, that was just not cool. Second time he's crushed her. I know. The... She basically gets hit with a scarlet letter, too. Yes. Which is really... Granny. Granny gives her, like, a telling in the street. Yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. Which, I mean... I think she should. I think she's 50% of the part who should have been ashamed of themselves. But, like, what a what a move. Like, no one needs to be, like, saying that to you in the street. Granny don't give a fuck. <laughs> also, that's a very old person, like... You know, I'm going to tell you, young person, about all the bad things you did in front of everyone. You should be ashamed of yourself. We would never do this back in my day. Which also is something that she talks about how she doesn't like about Ruby. Remember, she's like, I was trying to stop you from sleeping your way up and down the eastern seaboard. So we can assume at this point she's a bit of a prude. Yeah, yeah. I think that's reasonable. I also love how shocked Mary Margaret was that Emma, like, knew about her and David. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, like, kissing in the middle of the street. And she was like, I thought no one would have known. It was... And it's like, Mary Margaret, she lives with you. Yeah. <laughs> and tracks people for a living. And you were doing it in public. I think the other thing about David and Mary Margaret that I found a little shocking in this episode. Um, he says, when she like is trying to call it off between them. He says, we need to figure out if this is love. And I'm like, dude, how do you not know that this is love? Like, look at how you look at each other. Even your wife can see it just from a picture. <laughs> Uh, no, I actually understood what he was saying there in the sense of their relationship has been tumultuous. Like, it's been bad. Like, they've decided to break it off when they were at the toll bridge, and then they decided they were going to have an affair, and then it looks like he he did lie to her, not looks like. He completely lied to her, has been lying to Catherine. So I'm sure he's trying to rationalize his actions right now. Like, they both are doing terrible things. It kind of makes sense, like, is this true love and we're doing this for the right reason or were we just being awful people? And I think the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. And she dumps David at the end. She basically says yeah. we're done. Which, if Regina had been able to record that moment, she could have lived off that for the rest of her life. Yeah, if she could see Snow, like, crying in bed, which, by the way, made me cry. Um, just a little bit. Just tears. Was there a mirror in there? Because if there was, Maybe. you know Regina was watching There's that. no magic, though. Yeah, I'm saying, but she would have. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. She definitely would have. And she's completely depressed. I mean, she looks... So, um, Jennifer or Jennifer Morrison, I've always said, not a good emoter. Just Jennifer Goodwin, on the other hand, 
excellent a motor. Oh, yeah. I feel her sadness when she's just laying there without saying anything. This woman looks like she wants to eat a pint of ice cream and just cry for the rest of the night. Which is reasonable. Absolutely reasonable. She's been lied to by the man she loves, and she did a terrible thing, and the town has labeled her a tramp, as she saw when he's trying to wipe uh, the red... Spray paint off spray her paint. car. Which, who do we think did that? I mean, it had to have been Regina asking someone to do it. Because she was not going to do that. Maybe it was Granny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet it was Granny. It's like, this tramp. Also, the, the, the telling off she gets in um, the school. Oh, yeah. That was bad. Because you, I think you start to see everyone's looking at her in a terrible mm-hmm. way. She gets slapped by the wife of the man. I mean, it was, this is not a good episode for Mary Margaret. Really not. Not good. It's a low. Anything else on your list before we? I we didn't see any gold. Nope. We saw a little bit of Henry, but not much. So yeah, this was a very and we kind of been waiting for this like another snow. Yeah, absolutely. Slash Mary. So yeah, I'm. I still have the same questions I had before, but I, I think we're good as far as this episode. Favorite moment? If you don't get on, I will. That's also mine. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I think it's a little telling that, I mean, great line, like, not going to lie. I think it's telling that there aren't very many favorite moments in this episode because everything is so awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most ridiculous moment? When Mary Margaret legitimately thinks that they had been discreet <laughs> despite having made out in the middle of the street in broad daylight. Yeah, and it wasn't just Regina that saw them. Like, clearly, Sydney surely is the one that took those pictures. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Because anyone could have taken those photos because you were in broad daylight. I have two. Emma's explanation of how the book made its way back to her. Ridiculous. Even Henry thinks so. And two, um, I love... I, I mean, this sort of ties to what I was talking about with the True Love's Kiss piece in the last episode, but when Abigail is explaining, like, the conundrum with Frederick and, like, how he's stuck in the gold, David's like, oh, have you, have, have you tried True Love's <laughs> Kiss? Have you tried that? <laughs> the rarest magic of all. Surely you two share true love and it will work. What does he say? Till my lips bled? Yes. Till my lips bled. I feel like you only need to try that, like, two or three times. Yeah. She's just making out with a gold statue. I mean, look, I love some gold, but... Desperate one. Um, loser of the episode. I struggled with winners and losers in this episode. I have, bo- I have two for both. Okay. <laughs> and it's going to sound weird, but I'll explain it. My losers are this are Mary Margaret. Okay. And Catherine. Yep. Those are the two people I think lose this episode the most, by far. Mary Margaret is in the lowest point of her life at this point. She has had to dump the man that she is in love with, who she's been having an affair with. The whole town looks at her like she is the devil. And she is alone. I mean, just sobbing, alone, sad at the end. I mean, this is everything Regina could have hoped for with Mary Margaret. And then Catherine, finding out that your husband's been lying to you, that your only friend has been lying to you, they've been having an affair behind your back, and now the whole town knows that you've been embarrassed. Bad. Just, she did nothing to deserve this, and she just got caught up in the crosshairs, I guess. Just crappy. You? Um, I chose David. (laughs) because of his actions because of his actions like i agree with mary margaret but i i think that she was trying to do the right thing and like she got screwed but like david also got screwed and he continues to make really bad choices 
So I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like a lot of people lose in this episode. Yeah. I also almost chose Catherine and didn't because I feel like she, if if her car had not crashed at the end of this episode, I think that she was on the road to like being happier because she also wasn't happy with David. So like their marriage dissolving is not the worst thing that could have happened to her. Agreed. If she not, if she gets to a place where I would even argue that she might be a winner by the end of the episode, but then she goes missing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this was just a bad episode for you, Catherine. <laughs> it's not good. And we that smirk on Regina's face can't be good. No. Like, this is not good news. Bad bad news bears for Catherine. Bad. I also really struggled with the winner. Who was your winner? Or two, winners. Winners. Regina. Okay. I think that's reasonable. And Abigail. Oh, interesting. Abigail doesn't yep. lose anything. She gets her true love back. Um, her and David come, or Charming, come to a pretty amicable split. It's like, hey, look, we both love other people. Let's figure this out. He helps her. She realizes that, like, some people are really bad. I mean, it's, that's exactly what you wish David and Catherine had done. Everything that Charming and Abigail do, fantastic work. Abigail, I think, is a winner in this one. And everyone is miserable. And when everyone is miserable, there's one person who's happy. <laughs> it's Regina. I mean, she she clearly has manipulated the situation to the point where now Mary Margaret and David are unhappy. She's got apparently keys to everyone's house. She's kind of neutralized gold a little bit from the previous episode. So it's like, I don't see Henry is even with her and not with Emma. Right now, this might be the high point for Regina. I'm not sure why I didn't choose Regina for this episode. Um, I, I think you're right. I agree with everything you just said. I don't know why that didn't come to mind. Like, maybe... I don't know. I mean, she lost a friend, which sucks. But she didn't seem to care about that. She <laughs> lost someone who valued her as a friend. I don't truly believe she ever valued Catherine as a friend. Um, I chose Frederick... Similar to your, I, like, he, he got saved and he didn't even have to do anything. <laughs> Fair point. So that that was a good one. Um, and then similar to your Abigail, I chose Charming. Not David. Charming. charming. <laughs> he, he succeeded in this episode and he found out that Snow loves him, which is what he wants. Uh, you know, it's funny. I didn't think of David only because we've already seen what Snow had already done in the later yeah, moments. Right, of right. It's like, yeah, you... You did find that out, but the, yeah, no, but you're right. That Charming is everything we want Charming to be in this episode. I think it was a little bit harder for me to separate him and David, but no, you're right. It was fantastic. I also think he kind of got lucky with the siren, if if oh, what yeah. you're saying is that that was just a random dagger. But still, well done. Like, he, he beat the siren. He did. Um, before we talk about next week, I promised that we would do a high-level review of winners and losers. So we'll go into this deeper at the end of the season and the end of every season, but... Just so you know, we haven't been not tracking the things that we said we were tracking. I have cried eight times so far. And we are on episode 13, I believe. Uh, that was episode 13. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, Do you have the moments that you cried for, like listed? Um, not listed here. I could go back and look, but... We'll do that at the recap then. We'll do that in the recap. Um, Roger has named four episodes as his top five episodes of the whole show. Including my favorite episode. Yep, including his favorite episode. So that's that's fun. Um, we'll get more Magic Beans, Days Rides, and you should have listened to Emma's later. Uh, and then winners and losers. So obviously Roger and I don't always agree. So um, we've got we've got some ups and downs here. Uh, but the the top in both categories is Regina, which is fascinating. I think she's on an upward tick now. So she was. Uh, What's her win streak so far? 
I have her winning four times, and you have her winning three times, and yeah. I have her losing four times, and you have her losing three times. What about the last like two, three episodes though? I yeah, feel she's like... been she, upward tick. Yeah, like she's trending. She figured things out, and Regina is winning. Buy on her stock right now. <clears throat> um, another top winner. Actually, surprisingly, I have Rumple once, and you have him twice. Yeah. Uh, I have Rumple as a loser four times. And you have him as one. That's shocking to me that you have four losses. <laughs> he isn't in a ton of episodes. It's true. He's yeah. not. Um, Charming, um, also a winner for us. And Snow. You've never named Snow as a winner, but I've done it twice. I think it was combined with Rumple once. Yeah. Um, Emma is a big winner for me. You have her once. I have her three times. You also have her as a loser twice. Yep. And I have her as a loser zero times. Uh, and then everybody else is kind of, like, spread out with, like, some ones. Yeah. Um, so Regina is clearly, like, the center of all of the, the winning and losing here. Which kind of makes sense. This it is does. her curse. She is the main antagonist of the show. She seems to get into the biggest conflicts. I mean, the last two episodes, she's either been engineering the conflict in the background or head-to-head with mm-hmm. the conflict. So it does make sense that she's getting the most... Um, I guess, wins and losses to try to track. I'll be very curious to see how much that holds up toward the end because I know she's trending upward right now. I think we're at some point going to... That bell curve is going to hit her pretty hard. Yep. Especially the last episode, I know. I think so. Uh, So next week, we are going to watch Season 1, Episode 14, Dreamy. What are you looking forward to next week? What questions do you still have? I know we all still have the same questions. Yes. So... New questions from this episode would be, how do David and Mary Margaret recover from this? Because, barring the curse being broken, their relationship seems toast. Like, there's really no coming from back from this. They've been lying to each other. Or I guess David's been lying to Mary Margaret. She hasn't really been lying to him. They were revealed to have had an affair. So, if they were going around town together, everyone's going to look at them with disgust. And I don't know how much they care about that. Um... And yeah, I mean, Snow's had her heart broken twice now by him. I mean, there's just... It's hard to believe at this point that things are going to get worse. Yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> really seems like this is a low point here. That's my mate. Like, what is Regina planning to make things even worse for these two people? And what happened to Catherine? I am certain that those things are connected. The other question I have is that I feel like Regina's been such in a hot streak that I'm waiting for the inevitable bubble to burst Mm -hmm. because as we saw at the beginning of this season she has her own worst enemy even when she's got everything in the palm of her hands she fucks it up pretty badly and i'm kind of confident she's gonna hear i also really want to know so we know that snow took that potion to forget charming um and he's gonna go look for her so is he gonna make her remember like how are they gonna get together obviously he is because we know that they get married and have baby but (laughs) but uh what's gonna happen my other question is and this is the question i had at the beginning when i first watched it we saw one person wake up when are some more people gonna wake up gold's been awake we know that now rumple's been awake and we know that graham woke up right before his death who is the next person to wake up and who is it going to be? How are they going to wake up? What's going to back to the story? That was like the number one thing. I was like, I want to see the next person who's revealed. Yeah, I yeah. agreed. Well, thanks for joining us. And please be sure to join us next week when we watch season one, episode 14, Dreamy. See you next week. <laughs>